We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And down the stretch they come. 10.06... Camo X at your service with you for one more hour up until 11 o'clock here in downtown St. Louis. It's dark outside. What you doing with your evenings? Time to be home by now anyway. 10 o'clock. Most people are home from whatever they've been doing this evening. The American Ballet Theater was performing in Forest Park. That's where my family is tonight. That was supposed to be really something special to see. Anyway, phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Again, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120 if you live a little bit farther out. couple of things to talk about. First of all, uh, the lead to Sean's newscast a couple of minutes ago, talking about Jefferson County being back in the orange category uh, with the COVID numbers spiking there. A lot of concern that that's going to happen in more places, this Delta variant that folks are talking about. And my question to you is, can you go backwards on this? We've gotten to the point now where if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in the stores. I assume that some people who aren't vaccinated are just saying to heck with it and they're not wearing them either. Well, I guess that that's... uh, their cross to bear, so to speak, especially if they manage to get a kid sick or something like that. But could you go backwards if they came out, if this spikes enough and they're wanting you to wear masks more? And we're already seeing advisories coming out from the county health departments suggesting that in a public place indoors that you wear a mask. Uh, can, can you go back to it? It's been kind of freeing the last month or so couple of months, really, since got my vaccination and all of a sudden they said I could go do whatever I wanted and didn't have to worry about it. And my whole house is vaccinated. And it's like, hey, we made it. Well, now you hear record levels or not record levels, but levels increasing to numbers that we haven't seen since last winter in a lot of places. Fortunately, not here, at least quite yet, but we're seeing a surge. So let me know. Can you go back to masks and distancing and all that uh, after that little taste of freedom that we've had. And then the other thing is prices. A lot of people have been talking about increases in prices. And, you know, this whole thing is a little bit misleading. Like gas prices are going up. Okay. Uh, Prices on travel. People have been talking about travel prices have been going up very quickly. Uh, A number of other things like that. Travel is a big one. It's easy to watch and say, hey, there was a plane ticket for this 
not too long ago, and it's not nearly that cheap anymore. But what they are not talking about, they talk about the these inflationary numbers. It was like, for example, May to May, a 5.4% jump over the past, over last year. So that sounds like a lot, right? Okay, it is, except where, where were we last May? You know, we, we were locked in our houses trying not to kill one another. We, sure, we certainly weren't traveling and we certainly weren't, you know, going out and hanging out with friends or doing much of anything. So, of course, the price of travel has gone up. Of course, the price of rental cars have gone up. I mean, that's just common sense. So the, so the year-to-year thing, just listen with a critical ear when somebody wants to start talking about how everything is so expensive all of a sudden. Gas is the same way. Yeah, gas was cheap. And gas has gone up a lot compared to this time last year or even this time last month. But there's a demand for it that did not exist this time last year. I mean, the reason we were getting gas for next to nothing was that nobody was going anywhere. So probably the better way to look at things is where were these numbers at this time in 2019 before all this happened? and was watching a, a thing on CBS News this morning, and they were talking about the fact, oh, yeah, if you compare it to 2019, it's, we're, it's, it's a little bit different. Basically, what they were saying is that the numbers now are getting into the neighborhood or around the neighborhood of the pre-COVID numbers. So, for whatever that's worth, something to be thinking about, something to know is the fact that yeah, if you're going to compare year to year, just remember what last year was because we weren't doing anything. So those are the things that I've been noticing over the last over the last few days, and I assume others have been noticing them as well. The gas prices are eh, it's annoying, but again, they've been that they've been much higher than that before. Just so happens that right now because everything is getting more expensive or getting back to normal, really, that it's a little tough to swallow. We will be back in a moment. Phone lines will remain open, by the way. I'll give you the number one one more time because you may want to jump in on this next one. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. And coming up, we are going to be talking about the potential for legalizing marijuana in Missouri. Recreationally, it's already legal across the river in Illinois. A step was taken this week to try to have the state of Missouri follow suit. Want to know what you think, and we'll tell you. We'll be talking to one of the people instrumental in trying to get this moving in just a moment. It's ten twelve on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ten seventeen. 
Right, exactly, 1017 here on KMOX. And time to talk a little bit about marijuana. It's been legalized medically in Missouri. In Illinois, it's both medically and recreationally legal. And more and more states, the dominoes keep falling, so to speak, uh, becoming where it's becoming legal on a recreational level. And now there is discussion about that being the next step here. Group called a coalition here called Fair Access Missouri has filed a petition with the Secretary of State's office looking to legalize marijuana in Missouri. And Eric McSwain joins us now from Fair Access Missouri. Eric, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight. Excuse me. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, Eric, t- tell me exactly when you file a petition with the Secretary of State's office. What exactly? What does that mean from the standpoint of what you're doing here? What's the next step? Right, right. So, you know, first of all, I think uh, you know I'm I'm thankful to have an initiative petition process in Missouri. They don't have this in all states, uh, but that basically allows me uh, and my coalition, as citizens of Missouri, to bring. Uh, issues to the ballot, right? So uh, we filed now with the Secretary of State. Uh, it'll go through a process by which, you know, the, the finance folks will determine how much it'll cost, if anything, uh, what the potential revenues are. Attorney General uh, will determine the ballot language. Uh, there'll be public comment periods throughout. Um, and then uh, should everything be good to go and check out, It'll be cleared to circulate is what it's called. And then you can move on to uh, the process of gathering signatures. Well, so what's your time frame on this? We've, we've all seen the folks gathering signatures in the parking lot of the Schnooks for various things. And it's a long way from that to on the ballot. What is your time frame on this? Well, so, so this would go up on the 2022 November ballot. Okay. Um, and... You know, we're we're fairly early. A lot of folks wouldn't necessarily submit their IPs until this winter, say, uh, and then look for a signature collection season, would, you know, that traditionally happens in the spring. Um, so uh, we've decided that we're going to just get ahead of things, and we think we've got the policy in good shape. So we, we could be collecting signatures as early as October. And why go – Why like I, I saw your – what you were talking about in the petition, and you, you talk a lot about the uh, the economic aspects of this and just the fair treatment of business people and keeping the corruption away and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, a lot of people in this state, though, don't seem like they're ready for le- legalizing marijuana beyond the medical. Now, obviously, the medical passed and the medical is in play now, uh, but this seems like a different animal. Why do you... How do you think this is going to work for you, and why do you think this will work? Well, first of all, you know, one of those steps in in our process, sort of a checkpoint, I suppose, is to have a little polling done. Uh, And that can be done in such a way to to help predict if something has a chance once it makes it on the ballot. Um, So that will certainly be a part of our process. But, you know, medical's here. Uh, We've seen adult use work in other states. Um, the you know we we're getting to know that it's not the boogeyman, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and really in in 2018 when people came out to vote for medical, it was overwhelming. 
you know, more people voted on that single issue, medical marijuana in Missouri, uh, on the 2018 ballot than any other issue, including federal uh, legislator elections, right? So that that should tell you something there. And then in the meantime, uh, you were probably getting to know somebody or somebody, a good friend maybe, who knows somebody who's really benefiting from medical marijuana. And, you know, the culture changed, the mindsets changed. We realized, you know, this, this isn't, this isn't a terrible thing. Uh, Let's, let's bring in folks from, from the cold. Uh, Let's, let's regulate the market because one of the goals has to be to um, dampen the traditional market, right? What some call the black market or criminal market. Uh, that that has to be one of the goals, and so I, I think it's time. You know, prohibition prohibition's coming to an end. Do you think that this is something that uh, the federal government might actually take up before you even get through your process? Oh my gosh, I wish that saved me a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, no, really, and and at this point, a vast majority of Americans, generally speaking, you know, those polls have been done, uh, are in favor of going ahead and legalizing for adult use. Right. But We're you are a more conservative state than your average state. Well, you know, I understand that. But uh, by the same token, you know, conservative about what? Does that necessarily transcribe directly to marijuana? Um, you know, if, if it was cold, if we tried to do it two years ago, uh, I don't think it would happen. But, you know, it doesn't take long for people to, to understand it's not that bad of, of a thing. And I'm in the industry. I talk to a lot of folks in the older generation. Uh, even I'm from small town Missouri. And at first people were a bit shocked when I told them I wanted to open up a dispensary and cultivation operation. But, you know, just within, you know, a couple of months, people were already warming to it. So, you know, we're really not that far off, I don't think. And so you say you have a you have a dispensary now. How how has that gone as far as the just uh, yeah, practical so, use? Sure, sure. No, and and I don't have a dispensary. I wanted to, right? So okay. I'm a denied applicant from the medical system, uh, the competitive scoring system they had on the medical side uh, a year and a half ago. And but we've been working on this since before then, um, hoping, you know, we hoped at the time that they would expand licenses. Uh, on the medical side, um, but we got to work on this even earlier because you know having having a, a a market without those license caps is way more beneficial. All right. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of work in front of you, and we may see you standing with a clipboard someplace before too long. Eric McSwain, thank you for joining us on KMOX. Hey, thanks for having me again. Have a good evening, everyone. All right. KMOX News Time is ten twenty four. Camelot's at your service. I'm George Sells, 1028 in the evening. Coming up in just a few minutes, did you catch any of Bob Costas on the Dave Glover show this afternoon? Bob took it over and he wasn't talking sports. He, You'll find it interesting. We'll have that in just a few minutes. But right now, still talking marijuana in Missouri, talking pot. They're trying to legalize recreational marijuana. Not everybody's a fan, though. Robert on the line from Kirkwood. Hi, Robert. How you doing? Oh, real good. Thank you. What are your yeah, thoughts I'm on not, this? Right. Well, I'm I'm not a real big fan of uh, making it. Uh, I don't mind it for medical use, but to have it for general use, I think Missouri has enough problems as it is. 
we had Ferguson, we had rioting, we had people looting. But what does we that had, have to do with marijuana? Well, um, I just think, uh, and maybe it's a indirect, but I just think Missouri has enough problems. We have a progressive mayor right now. We're trying new things where she's not giving money to the police force. She wants to have social workers to go out on 911 calls. I but again, Robert, I just, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here with you for a second. But uh, you know, one could argue, uh, first of all, that a lot of other states have already done this and are doing it without much trouble. And that secondly, you're because right now in our state that would be a criminal enterprise. You are taking something that people are doing anyway, and you're attach, attaching tax dollars to it that can help for the betterment of the state. Well, a lot of things they say are for the benefit of the state, like they did that with the gambling, and a lot of it didn't happen. So whenever they say it's going to be for the benefit of the state, somehow it never happened. Like all that money was supposed to go for education. I don't know what happened to it. It must be an invisible fund because (laughs) a lot of stuff, they say is going to be for the benefit of the state, and somehow it never makes it. And then also, I don't think we should be like Illinois. Illinois is where they got a lot of problems in Illinois. They got people cheating on the voting. They got criminals. They got gangs in Chicago. Why should Missouri be like Illinois? Okay, fair enough. Robert, thanks for calling. Of course, uh, again, I think the linkage of of those problems to marijuana legalization is probably uh, a step too far, but there will definitely be lots of conversations like this because there are plenty of folks like Robert who don't want to see marijuana legalized in Missouri. A lot of people of a certain age, myself included, grew up being told it was a crime. So uh, things are changing, attitudes are changing, and we'll see if the proponents of this are getting ahead of themselves in Missouri, maybe moving a little too fast, or maybe things are just going to change on us. Times they are changing. Time for your KMOX AccuWeather forecast. 1031 is the time tonight. Clear to partly cloudy skies. Warm, a low of 76. Tomorrow, partly sunny, going up to 91. And tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, a couple of showers, and this may sound familiar, chance of a heavy thunderstorm, storms that could bring flash flooding and damaging winds, the low going down to 74. Friday, cloudy, humid, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, and a high of 82 degrees. Saturday, mostly cloudy and 82. Sunday looks like the pick at this point. Intervals of clouds and sun, a high of 84. Right now, 79 degrees in Edwardsville, 82 in St. Charles. It's 81 degrees downtown under the arch at KMOX. Ten thirty-eight KMOX at your service. I'm George Sells with you up until 11 o'clock. And... I don't know if you were listening to KMOX this afternoon, but the Dave Glover show went off the rails in a very good way. 
when you have Bob Costas as a guest and he basically takes over, that's usually a good thing. And uh, and Dave, to his credit, Dave was just saying, okay, Bob, go. And next thing you knew, uh, Bob had been talking for about an hour almost. And it was fascinating. And it's going to make some headlines. It's going to maybe bring some, get some blowback against him as well. Some will like what he had to say. Some will not. So I want you to give it a listen. We're going to open the phone lines again, 314-436-7900. Again, 314-436-7900. And I will be interested if anybody has any reaction. And this is basically Bob Costas. I mean, I can't exactly explain how to interpret this. In many ways, it was a, it was a call from the center of politics, a guy who considers himself pretty much middle of the road. Now, Bob has a new gig. You know, he's not doing the Olympics this time for NBC. He left NBC. He's been doing some stuff for uh, MLB Network. He is also now a contributor at CNN. And uh, the other night on CNN, he was getting ready to go on and talk a little bit about uh, something to do with the Olympics. And in the segment prior, uh, one of the folks from CPAC got rolling, very conservative, and Bob was then asked what he thought. Bob told him what he thought. Some folks didn't like it. And when Dave asked him about it, he kind of went down the same road. Take a listen. Tell us a little bit what you think. Well, just to understand the context, I'm now a CNN contributor, and I realize some people have been conditioned to believe that anything said on CNN, including if they say that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, is therefore a lie, Mm -hmm. because if you've spent your whole life or most of the last many years listening only to Fox News and only to Rush Limbaugh, R.I.P. Rush, who was a nice guy in person, different story as a public figure, if that's all you're listening to, or various precincts on the Internet or whatever is on your Facebook feed where the algorithms keep sending you stuff that reinforces how you feel, then, and if you're listening to Trump, who tells you that the media, meaning anybody that doesn't agree with and venerate him, is the enemy of the people, and it's all fake news, well, that's what CNN means to you. But I am on CNN as a contributor because I have past NBC colleagues there who asked me if I would come on occasionally to talk about sports issues that cross over into news, like the Olympics in this time frame and other things that come up. Uh, So Matt Schlapp of uh, the Conservative Action Committee or whatever it is, it was during CPAC, Matt Schlapp was on with Chris Cuomo in the segment immediately preceding mine last Friday night. And I was on to talk about Shikari Richardson uh, being declared ineligible for the Olympics and a few other sports things. But then he asked me about what had just transpired. So I responded to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, this notion of stick to sports, what that really means is, generally speaking, stick to sports if you're saying something I don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. Because Fox News happily brings on ex-athletes and entertainers and whatnot as long as they're saying what they want to hear. Uh, I am not, despite how some people have tried to frame me, I'm not a severely left-of-center guy. And anything I may say in this segment and have said before about Donald Trump and MAGA world, this is not an either-or, yes, no, up, down, good, bad. You're not either extremely left or extremely right. I, like the vast majority of Americans, am somewhere 
in the center. So anything that I say when you begin to question me that may be critical of Donald Trump and those who follow him blindly, that does not mean that I'm signing off on everything that the progressive wing of the Democratic Party says. I have a big problem with a lot of what passes for progressivism, left-wing stuff, wokeism, cancel culture. I think on most issues I'm a slightly left-of-center classic liberal, but there are actually many conservative positions with which I agree. But I think the present Republican Party under Trump has nothing to do with actual conservatism, has nothing to do with actual Republican principles. And the number of tried and true conservatives, both in politics and in media, who jumped ship on Trump right from the start is proof of that. So what do you think? That was his take on that portion of things, on cent- on what it means to be a centrist, what it means to be to the left and to the right. And he wasn't done with the uh, former president either. Sounds as though Bob had had about enough of many of the things that uh, President Trump was selling in, towards the end of his term. And he also told Dave what he thought on that front. You know, look, his life, his biography, prior to his descending that escalator in 2015 and declaring himself a candidate for president, his biography is a story of classless, tabloid kind of self-promotion, a kind of cheap sort of celebrity, and lies. That's just a fact. I actually knew Donald Trump a little bit in his New York days, and I have to say, in fairness, he was always very nice to me. He's a sports fan, and he liked that. Um, And I always tried to be as polite to him as I could be without aligning myself with him, but I thought he was basically harmless, just a tabloid creature and the apprentice and et cetera, et cetera. But I saw how toxic this was from the very start. His campaign began with a racist lie, an already debunked racist lie with racist undertones about Barack Obama and his birth certificate. Now, again, I have to stipulate this throughout. There are false or, or too sweeping accusations of racism. Sometimes that accusation has lost its meaning because people use it more as a club than as a real search for justice. I understand that. But that doesn't mean, as some on the right would have you believe, that all claims of racism are false. Donald Trump doesn't care what he uses to improve his position if he perceives that it will improve his position. So that's what he did with something that that should have been retired to the dustbin of history, not only the fact of Obama's birth certificate, but the resentments and the underlying racism that propelled it. When he was elected, he then declared that he was elected in a landslide. In fact, he had lost by three million popular votes. Those are the rules. So he won by the rules. But it's worth saying that this guy who thinks there's nothing worse than being a loser and declares himself to be the absolute epitome of every uh, desirable human quality has in fact lost by a combined 10 million votes to two candidates who were far from powerhouse candidates. But he has to say that in order to assuage his ego, which is out of whack. Look, everybody in public life has an ego. 
But this guy has, you know, been declared by hundreds and hundreds of psychologists, they just watch him, to be a person who displays malignant narcissism. So now his inauguration takes place. There's a substantial crowd, but it's not as big a crowd as there was for Obama's first inauguration. Just a fact. He comes out and just lies. The biggest crowd ever. And that's when Kellyanne Conway introduces the concept of alternative facts. Now, I know that if you never listen to MAGA, anything but MAGA media, then you may not be clued into this. But Donald Trump lied throughout his presidency on a daily basis, and it culminated with the big lie. I said this to Charlie Brennan years ago on KMOX. I was in the studio with him, and I said that the rise of Trump is actually connected to a bigger story, which is modern media. When Fox News came into being in 1996, I think, they had a chance to be a reasonable alternative to the flaws and blind spots of the so-called mainstream media, which does, by and large, hew toward liberal precepts. They could have been that. They could have been a Wall Street Journal of the air. They could have been a thoughtful alternative. But instead, Roger Ailes, who in his own way was a kind of business genius, decided that the best way to do this is to play to the fears and resentments of their audience. And that's what they did. And this is in conjunction with the rise of the Internet, where people can begin to get information from millions of different sources, most of which are not credible, but the algorithms are all aligned to feed you what it is you seem to be interested in. A Donald Trump could not have risen in any way without that. And it raises a lot of very interesting questions. When you listen to that conversation, and the first thing is he talks about Donald Trump basically being a creature of the Internet and of social media. In other words, a president who was elected largely because of social media. Um, some said the same thing about Barack Obama, I would add, that so his use of social media at the time of his election was a masterstroke in bringing the, the younger vote to play and getting, into, and getting into office. And there were two terms there, of course. And people have also argued conversely that Abraham Lincoln wouldn't have a snowball's chance in hell in an election today. Because he was kind of awkward, he was kind of goofy looking and long-winded, and he told great stories, but they were long stories. If you ever read a book about Lincoln, they talk about how people would gather around him uh, in the places they were staying when they were in town for Congress, and he would just hold court and tell these long, drawn-out stories that were hysterical, but they certainly weren't 20-second sound bites. So, yes, indeed, modern media has changed in a lot of ways. There are some things good about it. Certainly, you have more information available to you now than you once did. The other side of that coin is you have more BS available to you than you once did. You have more falsehoods available to you, more lies available to you. Uh, It's interesting now that... Kids in school, I can tell you that my kids in school are being taught how to 
try to cut through what's true and what's not on the Internet. And that's something that these kids need to be taught. I don't know that there's anything more important at this point in time for kids to be taught than something that will give them just a little bit of radar to pick up on when something is true, when something is false, when something is being exaggerated. Uh, it's a it's a healthy skepticism is what our moms and dads called it. Uh, it's a healthy skepticism now that is really just required. If a kid is going to be able to look at everything that's thrown at them from Snapchat, from other Internet sites, other places online, and, yes, at times from candidates. What you heard there from Bob Costas was not a glowing, by any stretch of the imagination, review of Donald Trump and what this country became under his leadership. Again, I think I said this at the very beginning from my point of view, what that was from Bob Costas was a, a wake-up call to the centrists. Think about that for a second because, the, let's face it, the vast majority of people are somewhere in the middle of, on all this. And most people can say, I don't like candidate A, but there are a couple of things they did that are okay, or I don't like candidate B, but there are some things I agree with there too, or I do like one better than the other. I mean, are we past being at the point where we can simply admit that maybe we voted for Joe Biden, but Trump had done a couple of things that were all right? Conversely, can the person who voted for Trump the first time around maybe and maybe say, yeah, he got a little bit off the rails there, and maybe I went another direction. You know, it is still okay in this country to have an opinion and for it not to be down a party line. And that's what I struggle with at this point is, and, and we see this, tell me you haven't seen this in social settings conversations with friends that maybe you never talked about politics with before. Tell me you haven't seen this. Tell me it hasn't become very uncomfortable because you said something negative about Trump or you said something positive about Trump, depending on the group you're hanging out with. And all of a sudden it got very chilly in the room. You know, I think back to... 20 years ago, really even 10 years ago, but definitely 20. And I was living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. My wife and I were early on in our marriage. I had lots of friends we were hanging out with. We didn't have kids, so we actually got to go out and stuff. And I think back now, and with maybe one exception, I don't know what their politics were. These were friends. These were people we spent a lot of time with. I don't know what their I didn't know what their politics were because it just wasn't that big a deal. I mean, it would come up occasionally something mildly political, but you know, nobody was nobody was willing to plant their flag over whether they were a, a Bush fan or a Gore fan. Nobody nobody was willing to like, you know, not be friends with you anymore because you like the other candidate. But here we are in 2021, and guess what happened? 
folks. Take Bob Costas's call from the center. Own it a little bit. At least think about it. Thanks so much for being with us. My name is George Sells. This has been KMOX at your service. And hope you have a great evening. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.